Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another week of the show, another episode. Before we begin, just a friendly reminder that every Monday I send out the Prep List Items newsletter. This is a quick two to three minute read on pertinent and relevant information that I think you will find useful in the food industry. Go to lioncookthoughts.com, put in your email, hit subscribe, and every Monday you'll receive this newsletter. I do put a good amount of thought into it. I love sharing the information that I find throughout the week, and I've really enjoyed doing this newsletter. I've gotten a bunch of new subscribers, so thank you all for those who have subscribed. And yeah, go check it out at longcookthoughts.com. Just put in your email, and every Monday you get a free newsletter from the Longcook Thoughts brand. Also, I want to say thank you to all the people leaving me reviews on Spotify. It's really been cool to see. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave a review. It's how, how I get better at the show. It helps me know what you like, what you don't like, and your overall thoughts on the show. So if you're listening on one of those platforms, please leave a review. My guest today is Dr. Nathan Libby. Dr. Libby is the Director of Client Success at RoboChef Inc., a food automation company in Libertyville, Illinois. Nathan has spent the past 20 years in a variety of leadership roles in the food space, from last mile to retail, from global Fortune 100 firms to numerous food and adjacent tech startups. Dr. Libby has a BA from the University of Wisconsin, as well as a Master's in Regulatory Affairs of Food Industries and Doctor of Law and Policy from Northeastern University, Boston. Nathan also serves on various nonprofit boards, teaches business at Aurora University, and has been featured in college textbooks, food industry journals, and has presented his research at numerous food safety and public health conferences. I really found this uh, episode with Dr. Libby fascinating, mainly because, as I said at the beginning of 2023, I wanted to start exposing the audience to different innovations within the food industry. And while we talked about AI a little bit, ago in the year, this is more so focused on robotics and automation in the food industry. So we talk all about robotics, where it's at now, some of the challenges that come with robotics, some of the benefits that come with robotics in the food industry. I really do think also uh, Dr. Dr. Libby puts a really great insight in this episode on food safety and maybe the benefits of food safety from automated um, assistance rather than fully relying on human individuals. And then he also obviously gives the ways that all of these systems can be improved. And what I think was very relevant is not the end all be all that robots take over the jobs of workers, but how workers can become more educated and working with these systems to do better tasks in their jobs. I found it very fascinating. I really did enjoy this conversation. I learned a ton. I hope you do too. Thank you, Nathan, for coming on the show. And as always, enjoy the show and here we go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Nathan, thank you for coming on the show. If you'd like to start off by introducing yourself, uh, that would be great. Yeah, thanks, Ray. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Nathan Libby. I'm the uh, Director of Client Success for RoboChef, which is a startup in Libertyville, Illinois, um, in the Chicago area. I've been in the food industry for, well, most of my uh, professional career. So I, uh, my first job was actually uh, cooking uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken 
um, <laughs> in the back of a, a restaurant in uh, Burlington, Wisconsin. Um, I also spent some time at a fine dining restaurant uh, when I was a youth. Uh, and I think I mentioned to you earlier, Ray, I was uh, doing a lot of potato peeling in the five gallon buckets in the basement um, and, uh, and peeling shrimp. Uh, I did get, uh, I think, I think my highest title there was, um, I was the dessert maker. So, um, okay. anyway, most of my professional career was with Nestle, uh, USA. So a little bit different part of the food. So I, uh, did everything from driving a truck all the way. I suppose at the end of my tenure, I was, uh, managing about, uh, almost a quarter of a billion dollars in yearly revenue, um, over a hundred employees. Um, so, so very different than, uh, you know, the family restaurant I worked at, uh, prior, uh, since my time with Nestle, I've been with five different startups in the food space or adjacent to the food space. So this is the first in food robotics. Um, namely I've been in, uh, other tech, uh, surrounding food safety. Um, my master's and my Doctorate are both uh, from Northeastern University in Boston and uh, surround public health, namely food safety. So that, that that's kind of where where my background is from. Um, awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. If we could start out by, and I, it's kind of funny because we did a podcast outline for those listening, and I asked you, um, you know, what is automation? Where is automation at in 2023 for restaurants in the food service sector? You gave this really, I think, important breakdown and distinguishment between automation, AI, and robotics. So if you would like to start kind of by just giving that to the audience, I think that'd be a good starting point. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny is that I, I had someone ask me this yesterday. And, and so it didn't even, um, and he's writing an article for uh, a quality assurance magazine, and, and I'm going to be featured in that. Um, but he said, you know, where does where does robotics end and where's AI begin? And I was like, well, that, that's a really good question from, from anyone, right? I, I think we throw around these terms, automation, robotics, AI, um, and no one really has a grasp. You know, people are afraid of robots. People are afraid of AI. Uh, I don't know anyone that's afraid of automation, um, but it seems those other two buckets uh, kind of come with scary uh, connotations at times. But um so uh, automation is, is the broad category that, that could have AI or robotics or AI and robotics in it, right? Automation is just replacing a manual task with something automated. And I hate to define it with, but, but that, that's what it is, right? It, it's, it's taking a manual process and making it uh, not manual. Uh, so, so taking the human out to some degree, uh, maybe not completely, but, but at some point there's going to be some uh, you know, it, it could be simple machines, it can be robotics, it can be AI driven, um, but it's going to be less manual than the traditional way to do things. Um, robots are programmable the same way a human would do a task. Um, so think of a welding robot, right? I, I think when we think of robots, we know that they replaced many workers um, in, in, in the back half of you know, the 20th century and into the 21st in the auto industry, um, we're, we're well accustomed to seeing a robot do welds on a vehicle, right? So that's something that a human would normally do. It's one task. You tell the robot to do it and the robot execute, executes that task. Okay. AI is more put a brain along with the automation, right? So, so when you talk about machine learning, um, anticipation, uh, prediction, 
these are things that a robot can learn or AI can learn over time and then adapt to future tasks or processes. Um, okay. And, and I think, you know, you had said, where's automation at, uh, you know, in 2023 in the restaurant industry? Um, I think we saw huge jumps in front of house uh, with, with the pandemic, right? So the, the robotic mm -hmm. waiters um, certainly aren't something new, right? People said, I don't want contact. Um, so I, I, that was one of the first places we saw adoption. And now we see the last mile robots rolling down the street, um, delivering food, uh, mostly on college campuses. But there's a handful of, mm -hmm. of startups that have had some success. Um, Back of house, uh, I think you know Miso is the is the one we talk about most, right? So we know that the Flippy exists and Chippy, and, and they are focused on doing you know fry stations. So um, that's robotics as retrofitting uh, what exists already in your facility versus building something from scratch around the robotics. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, right? Because when you talk about automation, obviously you look into food manufacturing and industries, even within the food industry itself, there's a ton of automation. But when it comes to restaurants, I think it's so, I would say it's a little bit, it's difficult in a sense for some areas, I think for either startup costs or someone to like actually get those systems into place. Do you think it's like the smaller nature of a restaurant as to why maybe there's not as much automation in back of house or what are some of the challenges you see so far getting into um, that in robotics into the restaurants? Absolutely. I, I think, I think there are a lot, but the small format, certainly, right. When you can do things, things in aggregate um, when you're producing mass amounts of food um, for, you know, a CPG manufacturer, automation lends itself to, um, make those tasks repetitive and, and have the same quality, et cetera. When we look at most restaurants are, they're not chains, right? We know that most restaurants in the U.S. are going to be very entrepreneurial, right? And so mm -hmm. that means you started with, you know, working long hours. Uh, you started cooking food that either excited you or excited some people you know. Um, and so that doesn't lend itself very well to automation. Um, and you mentioned, you mm -hmm. know, the barrier to, to entry is, is often the cost, right? So if, if I only have one restaurant um, and, and I can do most of the work myself on the line, I'm going to invest in a robot. It's when you start scaling that. Um, and we see, you know, franchises like Chipotle um, and White Castle that, that are adopting uh, these, these technologies currently. Um, they're at that scale where it really makes sense because they want to grow. They want to make sure that they're efficient, sustainable, and all those things that come with automation. Okay. So before we dive any further, what does your work focus specifically on currently? Yeah. So RoboChef is a company, um, like I mentioned, a startup in Libertyville. So in the Chicago area. So we are trying to be, and if you look at most tech startups, uh, specifically in robotics, they're all out in California. So we're trying to be the first uh, Midwest-based uh, food robotics firm. And so we're looking at, you know, two different areas, fr front of house and back of house. And when I say front of house, we're not doing anything with last mile at this point. We're not doing anything with uh, the, the wait staff that you see um, that's roboticized. Um, so we're doing fully automated kiosks 
which would be like, you know, um, everything from, uh, you know, our, our latest robot uh, is something that serves a, a cookie shot uh, at Dominique Ansel's Bakery in Vegas. So when the staff, mm-hmm. the staff still bakes it by hand, right? So it's handcrafted. They load the machine. Um, but most of their sales occur after they go home for the night, right? So they go home mm-hmm. and the machine runs 24-7. You get this this push of people who want a cookie shot at midnight and 2, 2 a.m., and when we look at the data, we see those are the peak times, right? You have lines of people. Uh, are they in line because they can't figure out how to work the app? Could be. Um, it's that time of day when uh, brain function isn't um, isn't 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 tip top. But um, that does seem to be where they're at a peak. So we have these fully automated kiosks that can serve everything from cookies, um, and we've done two cookies to date. Uh, to right now, we're automating um, something that goes from a frozen or refrigerated state into a Mary Chef or Turbo Chef or conveyor oven, um, but totally without a human. So again, the product is crafted by a human at some point. So either it's refrigerated or frozen. Mm-hmm. So you would assemble a pizza, let's say, and the robot then would cook it to order, both mobile or in person. But it, and it can be adjacent to an existing restaurant. So think of like when you go to the foyer of a, uh, a retail store, you might see mm-hmm. um you know, we've seen ATMs for a year, but we also see, you know, Redbox. Think about, I, I could go to the foyer of a pizza joint and get a pizza mm-hmm. without without going in and getting the whole line, like a hot and ready type kind of thing. Um, so, so that's one aspect we're uh, rolling out. The, the second one is back of house. So automating uh, a make line is one of our products. So put in a pizza crust or any other vessel. It could be a salad bowl. Um, on one end, and then you have a bunch of hoppers that are going to customize that meal or that salad for uh, whoever ordered. So we have front and back of house uh, solutions at this point. Uh, we're very much just post pilot, so uh, we don't have anything uh, outside the one robot at Caesars. Um, we should have okay. uh, several launched this year. That's going to be a big year for us. Awesome. Well, congrats. For uh, looking at so obviously right now with chat GPT, AI is the hot button topic. Um, how are you seeing, I, I know we're focusing on robotics, but to go, if we were to go into AI a little bit, what is the relevance of AI right now for maybe like the Dominique Anzell location or, uh, you know, like any of your work with robotics, how important is AI or how effective or relevant is it to the overall success of what you're doing? Yeah, so AI is very dependent upon the data that's already been generated, right? So we, we can't predict the future without having. Uh, yeah, yeah. For an operation like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, when when we first started working with them, it was difficult to get a baseline of how many of this particular product they were baking, uh, how often they were baking it, uh, what the sales were, what the peak times of day, because these aren't things that you really focus on, again, as a one-off restaurant, when, when you get to a scale restaurant, they're going to have metrics that a, a and this is his third restaurant, so it's not a one-off, mm-hmm. but um, a smaller bakery is not going to have data that says, we sell more at this time, or we should bake at this time to retain freshness for our peak hours, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's more, we bake it when we had time, uh, and, and you build the schedule around the people. Um, with the data we generate with just this one SKU, it allows them to better understand when they need to be baking it, um, when they bake 
too much, right? So is it is it a fact of, you know, weekdays in Vegas are obviously lighter than weekends. So should they be baking as much during the week, uh, which is something that, that really hadn't crossed their mind before, uh, but they can leverage that data. Um, so again, predicting, I, I think the further we get along this journey, the better data we have to understand consumer behavior and then understand our inventory, um, our processes in the back room, and then look to eliminate waste, you know, both food waste, labor waste, um, and really make things efficient. Uh, we, we can make the whole operation much more sustainable, which means lower costs for the operator uh, and ultimately a better experience for, uh, for for the consumer. Perfect. So I was, when we're talking about robotics, talking about, like you had mentioned in the beginning of this call, like some people are scared of AI, some people are scared of robotics and like looking at that, I think there's like this zero sum fear of that robotics are just going to totally take over. And that'll be the end of like manual labor in restaurants. But when we spoke on the phone and I had raised this, you mentioned how there's like, what in the reality of it, it's more so enhancing what restaurants are able to do and kind of where workers can focus their efforts. Can you kind of speak to that aspect of robotics being like beneficial and like how they're going to be beneficial to the labor market? Sure, sure. And I think, you know, while I'm not in the dishwashing space. Um, I'll use that as an example, right? So every, not every line cook, but, but a lot of head chefs are the best dishwashers in their <laughs> kitchen, right? Not because they want to be, but because they've had to be over their career, right? They know how to do it efficiently. They step in. You, it's a high turnover position. It, 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 it's grunt work to say uh, the least. Um, but the task that eventually we can automate, right? Do do chefs or people going to the culinary arts, do they want to be the best dishwasher? I don't have any data that supports that. I can't say there isn't anyone out there who says my aspiration is to be the best dishwasher. But if we can free up tasks and say, don't worry about the dishwashing, don't worry about the pizza assembly, you draw up the recipe, the, the robot will take care of the rest then that frees up the, the operator, the restaurant owner to do things that really only humans can do. And that's design a recipe, that's interact with people in the front of house, that's really make you know the, the restaurant experience the value add that a customer wants. Um, so I think that's the way we approach it, is that it's not, it's not replacing humans. Um, it, it's taking what we can't staff for um, and be jobs that typically aren't that desirable um, and, and, and taking those off of the plates of folks who really want to excel in their restaurant uh, okay. world. Thank you for sharing that. So when we talk about, um, you know, kind of putting uh, this, like this equipment or this technology into restaurants, obviously there's going to be a training uh, for staff and whatnot. And we kind of also spoke at the benefit of staff being better trained on robotics and whatnot in terms of their own career development and where they can go function from there. Can you kind of speak to that where it's like, you know, while this might go in and automate some tasks, it will make like workers in the food sector a little bit more proficient at using tools like this, which will then um, elevate their toolkits into going into other jobs if, if they want to. Sure. No, I, I think that's, 
that that's spot on, right? Um, and I think I mentioned to you, you know, before we even launched our first robot, I met with our local um, our local community college has a uh, a culinary arts program for high school students. So you can you can go there for some some credits, and then you work in their kitchen cooking food for the college. Um, and then also you get this real good experience with, you know, chefs who have owned restaurants and operated restaurants. And so I met with them and, and asked, you know, what their feelings were. And keep in mind that a lot of what we're talking about with robots and fear of AI and all that is generational, mm-hmm. right? So um, I anticipated these students who have, have had a device, have had AI tracking them, like, and they like to have things tailored to them, right? Um, they're used to AI being part of their life. So their pushback, I mean, they, they thought it was great because, again, it teaches them where the industry is mm-hmm. going. So if they want to be thought leaders in the space, learning something that, that's antiquated or, again, being the best dishwasher, that doesn't excite them. Um, get it? Just because they, like, they have mm-hmm. to do it, right, out of necessity. But what excites them is, hey, if, if I get experience in a kitchen and can work with these tools – that are also going to be present in other areas because, and I don't know the statistics, but I imagine a lot of folks who start in hospitality um, in restaurants move on to other areas, right? Uh, I don't have mm-hmm. statistics to back that, but I imagine that's the case. Um, what I was surprised, so the students being very receptive and excited about what I was talking about was, was anticipated, but hearing the instructors excited about it also uh, really gave me um, and again these folks have seen what uh, the restaurant industry is you know in the trenches so yeah. to speak but then they also have this incentive to, to train what their vision of a good restaurant looks like in the future so it, it kind of reinforced what we were thinking um, but but I think yeah very generational but also it great skill set to to work into folks who are in the, the restaurant industry regardless of age or um, generation. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting because as you said, I think I think that when people start out in restaurants, they can get caught if there's a need for them to go find other work. For example, during the pandemic, a lot of restaurant workers didn't weren't able to go just immediately find other jobs. Whereas maybe if they have this is just my thought on this. Maybe if you had experience working with robotics or you were working cross-functionally with um, a more in-depth technology system that you had experience with, that same system working in restaurants might also be working in like a food manufacturing setting that you could go then go take that job. You know, we're about to enter a recessionary period, having those, maybe, having those different skill sets to be able to function in different avenues or sectors of the food industry. It's something I preach constantly because I think being able to adapt and move into different realms is super important. I think it helps with career growth. I think it helps with self-development. And it might help you find something you really enjoy. Like for me starting out, I started in restaurants. I work more in food manufacturing now and I love it. It's my it's like that's where I know I want where I want to be. But I would never would have gotten there if COVID never would have closed down my restaurant and made me search elsewhere for work during 2020 and 2021. So I do find it very interesting and exciting that it, that's the view that can be taken if you're open to what is being, you know, put out there right now. Yeah, no, that, that that's a fantastic point. And, and you know, like I said, I'm I'm from the upper Midwest and we have a lot of uh seasonal restaurant work, right? So you've got a lot of tourism that happens and not in the winter. No one's coming to the upper Midwest. 
um, during the winter, but you have restaurants that really have busy seasons. And so people work in restaurants in the summer and then they're furloughed or they need to find something to do in the winter. And, and to your point, expanding that skill set, and, and, and I would challenge you to find any recruiter for anyone, anywhere that's going to say you have too much tech exposure on your resume, mm-hmm. right? Like that's not, <laughs> tech is where the future of is. And to have more on your resume, even for a restaurant operator or a, a server or, or whatever it is, um, that's fantastic. Can we talk a little bit of, this wasn't a prompt that I sent you, but it's one you sent back and it's about food safety. Now, obviously, auto, like robotics and automation within a larger scale setting leads to like better food safety and overall just like customer and quality assurance. But I think when you're in restaurants, obviously food safety is important, but I don't know that like it's super important. I don't, it's not like it talked about as much as maybe like a large scale manufacturer, but when you talk about robotics and food safety in general, what, what are some of the benefits that you could have with food safety that maybe a human can't um, really like always 100% deliver on? Yeah, I, I think you've ever trained, and I've trained frontline workers, right? Uh, training frontline to have um, hygienic practices can be challenging. Um, it, 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 it's an ongoing process. And seemingly, and because of the turnover too, also, right? So you're, you're training them, wash your hands, don't take your phone in the bathroom. And it seems the minute you turn around, you've got new employees, you've got folks that don't adhere, uh, et cetera. Um, humans bring in a lot of fecal matter. Um, like it or not, we carry fecal matter. Um, it, it's on our phones. You know, I, I think you've looked at... Um, the early studies with the uh, when, when McDonald's went to a, a touch screen for ordering, you know, like 90 percent of those screens had fecal matter on mm. them. Um, that's our hands. That, that, that's coming from nowhere else but our hands. So that, that's improper hand hygiene. Um, robots don't produce. So it, it, it can be as, as basic as that. Right. Like they're not going to introduce more fecal matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so drive out some of and, and fecal matter causes um, neurovirus, right? So neurovirus is the number one foodborne illness. Majority of comes from restaurants. Mm-hmm. So when you and, and we don't measure we don't measure neurovirus like we do influenza and and and, and strep and you know COVID, um, but we'll get there. You know, I, I think I mentioned I work in some diagnostic fields and um, tests will get there where we will be able to say this restaurant and we see it today. Like, don't get me wrong. You see where a neurovirus outbreak or a hepatitis outbreak came from this bakery or this restaurant. And those will only will only get better traced back as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And so to protect your brand. um Adding robots or automation is going to reduce some of those touch points um, that, that just enable for better food handling practices. Okay, and I also would assume at some points, like some of these, like food, like robotics that touch food, could probably have settings that you know they sanitize themselves or there's a sanitization feature on them at some point. I would hope, or something in general that helps with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. That, 
the end goal would be, and and, and you're in manufacturing, mm-hmm. right? So clean in place is what we is what we want, right? You don't want to have to, you don't want p- parts that are moving and, and can fall off, and then you get a you get a bolt in your food. So clean in place will be the future, mm-hmm. right? Eventually, these will be to some degree self cleaning um, robotic stations or arms or whatever it is um, as we get further along this journey. Awesome. I know we're running up on time. So I guess my last question for you, is there a um, robotic demo or a tool or any, like what's like the one thing you've seen so far in your work that's kind of blown your mind in regards to robotics automation in the food world? Is there any certain um, thing you've seen that was like, holy crap, this is super cool to witness? Oh man, that's a tough question. Um, I, I think it's all... I think it's all so cool. Um, I, I just wonder why, you know, and, and I guess the coolest thing I've seen is, and, and I don't know the company, but there's there's one company that's, um, they haven't demonstrated it in person, but th- their concept is a home chef with two hands that, that, that cook, like you train it, right? So it watches you cook a recipe, it learns it, and it, it cooks it. Now, put away the cost and, and, and like, Robots don't have um, dexterity today. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't have fingers, and if they do, it's um, yeah. It, it, we're not there yet, but to think that that is where we're going, um, that's pretty cool. Um, is, is it five years out? Probably not. It's probably longer out than that. But at some point, you know, my kids um, and maybe just maybe their kids even um, will see technology like that. Mm-hmm where we're looking at again everything we've talked about automation robotics and ai functioning as uh your own personal chef which i think is i think that's pretty cool cool awesome well nathan thank you so much if you if you could just share maybe where people could find you or find out more about your work any websites profiles anything you'd like to share feel free yeah, so uh, our website is uh, RoboChef.ai. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I think I'm the only Nathan Libby. Um, uh, but yeah, I uh, otherwise you can read. I, I write uh, for QSR Magazine. I'm actually writing about this topic because when it came up, so I, I'm going to write for uh, uh, Nation's Restaurant News. Uh, about this, what's AI, what's robotics, what's automation for restaurants. So uh, keep your eyes open for that. But um, anyone have any questions or ideas, please, uh, please reach out. So there you have my conversation with Dr. Nathan Libby. Thank you all so much for listening. As a friendly reminder, please go to lionhookthoughts.com, put in your email, and subscribe to the Prepless Items newsletter. It comes out every Monday. Very excited to share it every Monday, so I hope you go check it out. Also, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, please leave a review. Thank you all so much for listening. Really hope you enjoyed this conversation on robotics, and I will see you on the next Lion Cook Thoughts podcast.